August is flying right by. Tuesday, August 29th already. Welcome back to the the Plus. Welcome back to the Damon Bruce Show. Great to see so many familiar names and friendly, well, avatars uh, in the chat as always. Good to see so many of you. And let's be totally honest. It's it's basically. Everywhere you go, everywhere you look, it's it's football, football, football's coming, football, football, football. There's a, It's going to be hard to knock football off the front page of the sports section. There's no doubt about that. But I'm going to start with a rare chat here from Luke2423, who says, Good morning, Plusers. Man, watching Kyle Harrison was fun last night. And I agree with you so much, Luke that that is indeed where we are starting today's show. And it is NFL cutdown day, and it's still where is Nick Bosa day. And we got some 49ers stuff to get to for sure. We got some other NFL things going on that is going to make maybe the 49ers path through its own division a little bit easier if we got two teams that might be wrestling each other to tank for Caleb Williams. But we'll get to all that in a second. Because, look, you strike out 11 in your second ever start in the show you officially get to lead the next day's program. Like Kyle Harrison was really good last night. It's going to, it's, it's, you know, is this enough to get the giants like up off the deck and fighting again? I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to evaluate what he did beyond the premise or beyond, beyond anything other than what he did. Like, where does it all go? Where does it all lead? I, I don't know. You don't know either. So let's just kind of marinate and what we saw last night in the vacuum of what we saw last night. ESPN Stats and Info kind of framed it all pretty well when they reported that Kyle Harrison's 11 strikeouts without allowing a run on Monday night, he becomes the third youngest Giants player ever with 10 strikeouts and no runs allowed since the mound was set back to its current distance in 1893. The other two guys who did it, Christy Mathewson, and Madison Bumgarner. That's it. I mean, that is it. This kid has, I'm going to throw it past you. You know the fastball is coming, and you can't catch up with it. stuff. It, it sort of makes you wonder, like, why wasn't he here earlier? Like, for a team that's been settling on a two-and-a-half-man rotation all season long, where was this kid? Uh, he looked phenomenal last night. You know, I don't want to turn this into a referendum on Farhan and how he goes about promoting or making decisions or individuals. There were a lot of young players with their hands and their fingerprints all over the win for the Giants last night over the Cincinnati Reds. But man, I mean, Kyle Harrison was phenomenal. I mean, can't take your eyes off him while he's pitching level stuff. The way that he's got that little hesitation, too, like it's not just. I can throw it past you stuff. It's already craftsmanship very, very early in a young pitcher's career. So uh, good news on Kyle Harrison. How often has a, a prospect come through the giant system and within like one or two impressions, you're like, okay, okay. Like that's historically good. Not a lot, right? So enjoy it while you can. Enjoy it while it's here. Kyle Harrison, I can't wait for you to pitch next. I mean, I, there's no other way to say it. He was spectacular last night. He really, really was. Um, as I said on the thumbnail today, so 11 is a little bit of our early theme here, right? 
11 strikeouts for Kyle Harrison or 11 wins for the 49ers, which is the better chance to hit the over? And without trying to throw any shade at all of the 49ers, it's it's definitely Kyle Harrison. I mean, Kyle Harrison has strike out a dozen 13, 14, 15 dude stuff. There, there's no doubt he's been pitching against good teams. He's only pitched against Philadelphia and Cincinnati. What happens when he brings that to the mound against someone who's, you know, not very good or struggling themselves. So I, Kyle Harrison, I think is definitely more likely to hit the over than the 49ers are because look, the NFL is designed for teams to cannibalize themselves, but the chances to getting over 11 wins for the 49ers might have taken a tick up today. And that's only because what we see happening in their own division. And we'll get to that. We'll get to all that. But, um, you know, no no Kyle Harrison tonight. He's not allowed to pitch two days in a row. He was stretched out to 90-plus pitches last night, so that was good to see. I was complaining about only the 65. He was allowed to throw in his Major League debut. Good to see him actually being used like a starting pitcher. So that's good. Alex Cobb gets the start for the Giants at 645 tonight. They're trying to make it two in a row against the Cincinnati Reds, and this is going to sound a little funny, Giants fans, but you're going to be rooting for the Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw tonight because they're playing the Diamondbacks. And right now, your bigger competition to get into the postseason is the Arizona Diamondbacks than it is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Forget about history. Forget about rivalry. Diamondbacks losing games is twice the value for the Giants than the Los Angeles Dodgers losing games. So you want that to happen. Go Clayton Kershaw. I know it's funny when you say it out loud. Uh, say it out loud with me. The next time you are thinking about where to go for lunch, get yourself to Ike's. Ike's is a delicious sandwich shop with nearly a hundred locations now all over the place in the state of California and beyond. And believe me, a couple of new premium sandwiches are worth your while. Wagyu pastrami, go get it. A bulgogi beef vegetarian sandwich is tremendously satisfying and good and even good for you. So try that out. I think you will enjoy it. Go ahead and sign up for Ike's Rewards and you can start earning free sandwiches by eating sandwiches. And that sounds like a good return on investment to me. Get yourself to Uncle Boy's. The next time you're thinking about a cheeseburger, go to Uncle Boy's in the inner rich. We love Uncle Boy's. And uh, they got delicious lumpia and onion rings to serve to you as well. Get yourself, especially on a really nice day, and you can sit out in that parklet or maybe get your burger to go. Get yourself to Uncle Boy's. And of course... You wash it all down with your nightcap with a little blackened whiskey. Indeed, blackened whiskey, delicious, incredible whiskey that has got got a direct connection to Metallica. So if you want to be a little bit more Bay Area-centric in your whiskey drinking, you you go ahead and pick up a bottle of blackened uh, at any BevMo or hopefully where you pick up your liquor today. Get yourself a bottle of of blackened whiskey and we welcome bottomlinebets.com for the very first time on friday night go ahead and check out bottomline bets open up another web page right now and just check them out it is a handicapping service run by a man who gambles for real he's not just selling you gambling advice he is not just just laying it he's playing it as well bottomlinebets.com check it out 
There are daily, weekly, and monthly subscriptions available, so when you're thinking of turning your gaming into something that can actually become a little valuable for you, go ahead and get the advice of a professional handicapper, bottomlinebets.com. And then, you know, you might be saying, Damon, I'm in the state of California. Where do I make these bets? I can't fly into Vegas, drive up to Reno. Well, I got that covered for you. Full vice coverage here on the Damon Bruce Show. Uh, MyBookie.ag. And right now, if you go to MyBookie.ag, which is an offshore account, meaning you can bet it anywhere, baby, you use that promo code Damon, and all new customers get a 50% deposit match up to $1,000 and a $10 casino chip to spend in the casino. It's not just sports betting. It's not just wagering. It's actual casino play available too. It's like going to a casino right on your laptop. Check out mybookie.ag. And if you want to be good to me, be good to my sponsors. That helps out an awful, awful lot. So thank you very much in advance for taking care of the sponsors. Really means a lot. Oh, perfect temperature, sip of the day qualifier right there. I, I I I wanted to string you along, but I can't even, we've hit that perfect, like 178 degree coffee temp, and this just, ooh, going back for a second. It's, um, you ever watch Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives? Whenever Guy Fieri immediately goes back in for a second bite, that means he really likes it. If he doesn't automatically go back in for a second bite, it's a little bit of a warning sign. It means he's doing a TV show more than he's really telling you, I think this is delicious. Whenever I go back in for a second sip after declaring sip of the day, you know something special is happening in coffee land. <laughs> So check out BottomLineBets.com and make your bets, if you would please, at MyBookie.ag. Use promo code DAMON to uh, grow that account. Uh, so look, I don't know if you were on Twitter today. Were you on X today? Ugh, no one says that. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Do you see what Jimmy Garoppolo said about the 49ers? I mean, he didn't say much, but he said an awful lot and not saying much about the 49ers. There was somebody interviewing him for a, a video, and the question was simply like, hey, how do you think San Francisco handled that Trey Lance situation? And Jimmy answered with a question where he asked the interviewer, well, how do you think they handled it? And then he flashed that million-dollar smile of his. Oh, Jimmy knows what he's doing. Jimmy knows... First of all, Jimmy can get any beat writer or radio guy eaten the, right out of the palm of his hand when he's camera-facing and he can hit you with that smile. Like, I already saw a stream of 49er fans are like, oh, dude, Jimmy's cool again. We want Jimmy back. Uh, when asked about the Trey Lance development, Jimmy Garoppolo said, and I quote, they do a lot of weird things in San Francisco, as he was talking about the quarterback. He didn't come right out and say, you know, I was mishandled or Kyle doesn't know what he's doing, but he certainly alluded to it. And I tell you, this is going to be a fascinating year when it comes to evaluating Kyle Shanahan, not only through the prism of success of Brock Purdy and the 49ers, which obviously matter the most, but what happens to the quarterbacks who are no longer associated with the Niners or Kyle Shanahan? Like, it's going to be fascinating to see what Derek Carr becomes with the Saints, if you're a Raiders fan, 
right? You're a Raiders fan. You're complaining like, oh, Derek Carr, even though he's thrown for more yards and is the statistical record holder for just about every single passing record the Raiders have, he's the problem. He's got to get out of here. It's not a defense that gives up 30 points a game. It's Derek Carr. He's the problem. He's got to go. Well, he's gone now. Replaced by Jimmy G, who you mocked mercilessly when he was the 49ers starting quarterback. So what is that all about to look like? There's going to be a lot of fans out there rooting for a guy they used to root against, right? Or rooting against a guy that they used to root for. The Jimmy G free and clear of San Francisco experiment that's going to be run in Las Vegas will be fascinating. Not only fascinating based on what the Raiders are doing, but fascinating based on what does Garoppolo look like without Kyle Shanahan lording over him as his head coach? Is he free and uh, uh, like like the like the 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 leash is off Jimmy Garoppolo and we see him turn into the risk taking big play making quarterback that so many fans wanted to see more of but didn't when he was with the 49ers because he was in the Shanahan system or will he like so many other quarterbacks who leave Kyle basically live a life of a backup at best right Trey Lance being free and clear of San Francisco. I don't think we're going to get too many data points of what he's going to turn into this year. I think I, I think he's in a worse position to play in Dallas than he was in San Francisco. But that's something for the Cowboys to now figure out. But what becomes of Trey Lance is obviously going to be attached to Kyle. And as we said in yesterday's show, the two of them, even though they're never going to be on the same team, they will be linked together forever. That is a permanent marriage. The decision to draft Trey Lance and then cut Trey Lance means Trey Lance is going to be tied directly to Kyle for the rest of Kyle's life. That's the way that goes. Amazing out-of-town fantasy quarterback watching if you're a 49ers fan, right? Now, when you go back and you look at every single quarterback that did play for Kyle, the best that they played in their careers was from Kyle, and then when they went to go take their wares elsewhere, not a lot happened. So Kyle's got a lot of history on his side. You know, when we say quarterback whisperer, I guess there are different kinds of quarterback whisperers. There are quarterback whisperers who take totally unrealized balls of clay and turn them into actual quarterbacks. And then I guess another type of quarterback whisperer would be someone who takes an unrealized promise and turns it into the best version of itself. And those are two totally different things to go from zero to five, as opposed to going from five to 10. Those are two different versions, right? Two totally different jobs. Well, think about who Kyle's had and what they've done without Kyle since leaving the 49ers. So back in 2017, it was Brian Hoyer, C.J. Beathard, and then eventually Jimmy G, right? Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard and Jimmy G in 2018, 2019, you actually got 16 starts from Garoppolo and you win the NFC. In 2020, it's Mullins, C.J. and Jimmy G. So it's kind of the three of them together. So now Brian Hoyer is the odd man out. And we really haven't heard anything about Brian Hoyer since he left the 49ers. He's not a very good quarterback, never was, never will be. He's a backup. 
Uh, Mullins and C.J. Beathard have definitely entered the realm of permanent you top out as backup type of NFL quarterbacks. And we'll see whether or not Jimmy Garoppolo really is a starting quarterback somewhere else without Kyle Shanahan in his ear showing how to do it, right? Um, Like, if Garoppolo cooks with the Raiders, like, what if Jimmy G has the best season he's ever had with Josh McDaniels and the Raiders, right? Won't that be a little awkward for Kyle? Won't that look bad for Kyle? You bet it will. And Trey Lance, again, if he ever turns into a Cowboys starting quarterback one day, just right there, Kyle's going to look a little foolish. So again, the out-of-town scoreboard watching, the out-of-town fantasy quarterback stat watching that 49er fans get to do this year is, is something else. Can they get above 11 wins? Like, I'm going to tell you right now, if you walked up to me and sold, Damon, I'm going to sell you 11-6 and six as the 49ers record right now. You're going to buy or are you going to walk away hoping for more? I would buy 11 and 6 right now. I think every smart 49er fan would buy that too. 11 and 6 might not mean you're hosting the NFC title game, but you probably are because that 12 win threshold, look, it's just really hard for any team to get there. It's going to be hard for all the best teams in the AFC that, you know, have a loaded roster and the coach and the quarterback and everything you think you need to reach a Super Bowl. We're talking about the Chiefs, the Bengals, the 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 the, the Bills, um, maybe even the Jets, although I, I got to see that before I believe it. It's going to be hard for anyone to get to 12 wins. The league cannibalizes itself. It's intentionally hard. It's intentionally set up for any given Sunday to be a reality for any team out there, no matter how good you think they are coached or quarterbacked or anything. This league is built to take expectations and just tamp them right down. And that's why it's so fascinating. That's why it's one of the most popular leagues in the world, because anywhere, anytime, any day, someone could beat someone else. And there's not a lot of sports that really offer that at the professional level. That's the beauty of football. Anybody at any point in time can have a great day. Anybody at any point in time can have a bad day. Especially if you're going out of your way to craft what looks to be a future full of bad days based on the decision you make before day one even gets here. As I told you, it is NFL cut down day. These are tough days. These are tough days for players hearing that they've been cut. Tough days for agents that promise players a brighter future in certain situations. It's a tough day for coaches who have to be the bearer of bad news over and over and over again. These are rough days. Um, The Arizona Cardinals today cut Colt McCoy. They cut quarterback Colt McCoy, and they haven't named a week one starter. If the 49ers are going to get to 12 wins. They will have swept the Los Angeles Rams and they will have swept the Arizona Cardinals. Like that's four wins right there. And if you're going to get on your way to 12, you better have those four in hand. 
You know, how do they get to, how do they top out at 11? Well, you lose in Arizona. You lose one game to the Rams. That's how you end up with 11 or 10 wins. You want to get to 12, you're sweeping. And then hopefully even sweeping the Seahawks, but that's always a that's always a you win one, they win one. At least it feels that way. Even though it wasn't that way last year. Anyway, you know what I mean. The Seahawks are always a tough out somehow some way. That's the way it goes. And it's always like that for Arizona, unless, of course, Arizona's full-on tanking for Caleb Williams. It feels like Caleb Williams has identified himself, and other teams are starting to identify him as so far and away one of the best prospects to come out that there could be some tanka-tanka going on for Caleb Williams, and it could happen with two teams in the NFC West. It could be a decision that the Rams are kind of making. It could be a decision that the Cardinals are kind of making. So this is this is going to be interesting. Can't wait for football to get here for real. Oh, yeah. It's coming. It's on its way. But before we get to maximum football, painful football is what's out there right now uh, for everyone involved in the NFL. These days are brutal. brutal. Two tough days in the NFL. Cut down day. Um, and it doesn't end for guys when the cutdowns are over, if you think you just made the team. It doesn't. Because even though you thought you made it, doesn't necessarily mean that you made it. Field Yates, who does a great job covering the NFL for ESPN, basically broke down all the machinations of cutdown day and what two of the busiest transaction days in football look like and the rules and the parameters that everyone is functioning under. So basically, players who are let go with fewer than four seasons of service, they just go ahead and hit waivers. Waivers means that you can be picked up by other teams based on order of success last year. The Niners, I believe, are sitting 30th on the waiver wire. So the name that you think, oh, wow, that team cut that player, maybe the Niners are going to get them, probably not. Probably not because the Niners had such a good year last year bowing out in the NFC title game. They're way, way back in the waiver wire. But players let go with fewer than four seasons of service hit waivers. Waiver claims will be processed at noon Eastern on Wednesday. Players let go with more than four seasons of service become free agents immediately and can sign elsewhere again. If you got more than four years of service time, you're a free agent. Fewer than four years of service time, you're on the waiver wire. Pup list guys, physically unable to perform guys. If you find yourself on the pup list in the next two days, yesterday and today, um, you will miss a minimum of four games. Vaughn Miller, by the way, is on the pup list in Buffalo, so he won't play the first four games for the Bills. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you find yourself on the injured list right now, your season's over. If you're going on IR, you're done for the year. Um, a 16-man practice squad takes shape tomorrow, starting at 1 o'clock Eastern. All free agents are eligible to join one. So even though cuts are done, the waiver wire hasn't turned over once, and free agency, after the fact free agency, let's call it, has not spun around once, which means, as Jeff Schwartz pointed out, and Jeff Schwartz had an eight-year-long NFL career as an offensive lineman, 
He was pointing out that the worst part about NFL cut day is that waiver claims come the following day. So a player actually believes that they made an NFL roster, calls mom, calls dad, I did it, I did it, I'm on the team, only to find out that you get released once waiver claims start going in. This is brutal. This sport's brutal, man. It really is. So, you know, we talk about players like their assets, like they're they're inhuman. These are humans. Getting jobs, losing jobs, being so close to nibbling a bite off that apple only to have the apple pulled away from their mouth right when they're in like <laughs> mode. And it just, it's it's rough out there, man. It's seriously, seriously rough out there. So, um, you know, little little respect for trying to make an NFL roster. It ain't easy business. Uh, we will get into Club Plus in a little bit. We will never waste your time. We will never drag you through a show that is just trying to hold your attention span. We hit bullseyes. That's what we do here. That's the goal of this show. Get you in, get you out, get you informed, get you on your way being a better, smarter sports fan. Uh, there is quite a bit of noise around Cal and Stanford now getting closer and closer to joining the ACC. Mike Silver has been reporting on this for the San Francisco Chronicle. Hopefully Mike Silver will be a guest soon here on the Plus. We've been in conversation about the best time for that to happen. Eamon Brennan, who writes a substack and really covers college basketball more than he covers any other sport, is writing about Cal and Stanford getting close to joining the ACC as well, saying that Pete Thamel who is a college football writer, uh, reported that continued momentum is happening in the halls of the Atlantic Coast Conference towards adding Stanford, Cal, and SMU, Southern Methodist, would also come aboard. Um, after a week of conversations, a source told ESPN that the details of potential additions are only in pencil, but it's trending in the direction of happening. One of four ACC schools that had previously objected to the additions, Clemson, Florida State, NC State, and North Carolina, needs to change a vote, and if one of those vote goes from no to yes, expanding the ACC to include both Cal, Stanford, and SMU could become a reality. Well, the meeting to decide whether or not that was going to happen was supposed to take place on Monday night, and out of respect for an on-campus shooting, welcome back to school, everybody, at the University of North Carolina, they decided to delay that meeting. It hasn't been rescheduled yet. But all I can say is that any holding on dearly to academic standards that Cal or Stanford wants to function under while joining the ACC, you're just bullshitting everyone. You are absolutely bullshitting everyone about your commitment to academia, which a noble cause indeed trumps anything that's going on in terms of athletics. You, you, you can't claim to be 
a education first major college football institution and be looking to put your student athletes on charter planes for six to eight hour flights to get to the other side of the country to play field hockey. You can't do that. You can't say that academics is what you are doing first and foremost and put your kids in situations like that. So if Cal and Stanford take this ACC deal, I mean, that's it. Like the last two holdouts of school really matters will have basically said, nah, not really. I mean, come on, man. We see what's going on. We see right through you. We see right through you. I've made a career out of seeing through people. I think I'm a pretty good evaluator of people and good people, bad people. Again, I'm not trying to be judgy, but... Um, you know, I, 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 I have throughout my life have been a wonderful collector of souls. That's, that sounds like I'm snatching life. I, I don't mean that. I, I guess I got to work on, on that, but I, I have, I have made incredible friends through every chapter of my life. I, 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 I identify good people. I'm attracted to good people. I glom on to good people. And I, I cherish relationships with good people. I truly do. And all I can tell you is someone who knows what good people are and look like and surrounds themselves with good people. I, I know what bad people look like, too. And everywhere I look these days, this was going to be a segment that was called Fans Are Out of Pocket. But it's really not just fans. People are out of pocket. We are living in the strangest of times, surrounded by the strangest of people who don't know how to act. And if they did know how to act, it was forgotten during, what, the pandemic? Look, society and people knowing how to behave, it felt like it was kind of collapsing with just all the, I don't, I don't know another way to say it, other than social media bravery. Like, everyone became such a keyboard warrior. How to talk to people, how to communicate with people, became it became it became irrelevant like why talk with someone who had a difference when you can just own them i want to own this person okay okay that's the way you think conversations among adults should go you you go ahead and you do that right well coming out of the pandemic I mean, going into the pandemic, it was getting bad. Coming out of the pandemic, we can see. We can just look all around us. It's getting worse. I read a story today about how some, like, 15-year-old girl stabbed another girl to death in Washington over sweet and sour sauce at a McDonald's. Like, people are just out of their fucking minds these days. Got it's to the point where people don't even know how to function in polite society. Like I was just on an airplane, getting on or off an airplane right now feels like the you know ten minutes before or after a big bar fight breaks out. Like you're just waiting for something to pop off. You know, between all the the the, 
the MAGA idiots in the world, all the Karens out there, all the people who think that they have the right to film anything, anyone, anywhere for their own TikTok accounts, to all the people who think that they have the right to not be filmed uh, everywhere all the time. You know, it's just we have a a clash of assholery that is bigger than any clash of assholery American society has ever seen right now. Airplane etiquette is out the window. Bar etiquette has gone kind of out the window. Uh, concert venues, I, 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 people sort of know how to behave. Football games, we always, we've always had fights at football games. We always will have fights at football games. But this brings me last night to Coors Field in Colorado. Did you see what happened last night in Coors Field? You had a fan just walk out on the field there to get a selfie with Ronald Acuna. Obviously, the Atlanta Braves were in town. So you get the Braves in town, Acuna's out there, and some fan walks up to get a selfie with Acuna and just starts hugging him and won't let go to the point where now here comes security. Securities out there, you had one person sort of like wrestling the person away from their shoulders. You had another security member dive, trying to get in between Acuna and the hugger. And like he's diving in Acuna's legs to the point where Acuna gets knocked over. Then a second fan comes out on, on the field. And it was just like if you were working left field security in Colorado last night, you should be fired. You did a bad job. You did a bad job. You did a bad job not preventing it and then how you broke it up. You did a bad job there too. Obviously, all of this bad jobbing on security starts with bad behavior of people and fans. It's crazy though. You get a you get a, you get security guards diving at Ronald Acuna's legs like there's here's the thing we're living in a world of untrained everyone. Just because that person is working security, wearing a yellow "I'm security" detail tonight, it doesn't mean that they know how to handle anything. And honestly, for the amount of money that they're making. They shouldn't have to put themselves in harm way to handle anything. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, we got a, a world now where basically store employees are told, like, yeah, if someone comes in here and just starts robbing you blind, just let it happen. Because you never know where the nut job is going to really show you how much of a nut job they really are. There is a security point um, in just going into to Giants games at least years ago that was manned by and and look I I have nothing you know I I'm I'm fully in you know but for God there go I whenever I see someone who is bound to a wheelchair uh, I mean you can't have help but have a, a tremendous amount of compassion and then to compound it even worse to where it's you're not just in a wheelchair, but you don't have function of your arms. Your there was a person who used to work security at Giants games who was quadriplegic. And look, I am all for giving people opportunities, but you cannot serve as a real deterrent or security if you're quadriplegic. I mean, come on. You just, you, you can't. How are you going to stop me if I can just walk past you? 
you know, you can't even get on your walkie talkie and tell people like there's someone walking past me. I, I have nothing but pity there, but we, we all have jobs that we can and cannot do. Right. Someone who never went to med school shouldn't be a surgeon the same same way that someone who is a, a you know wheelchair bound probably shouldn't be running security. And it's a, it's a brutal job. There's really no deterrent in society anymore because people are like, well, it's all for the, you know, it's all, it's all for the social media. I'm doing this for TikTok. And if I get arrested tonight, if I have to spend the night in jail, but I still get a million views, then it's worth it to me. So here's what we need to do. Here's officially what we need to do. And I want every single league to just make this mandate. If you enter the field of play at a sporting event, you automatically get a year without parole. Are we good now? Does everyone understand what the stakes are? If you hit the field, you hit the court. You know, I, I used to say in the past, like, you should just get a beaten. You should just, you should, you, this should be handled like the way Vegas used to catch card counters. Like, forget about calling the cops. We're going to bring you down to the basement of this casino. We're going to take out a rubber mallet, and we're going to break your hand in six places. Like, we don't live in that world anymore. The, the mob no longer runs Vegas. The mob can't rule discipline in a stadium either. I get it. So here you go. You enter a field of play at a sporting event. You get one year without the possibility of parole. You have to stay in prison for 365 days without exception. That's that. And on top of that, so you're not a burden on taxpayers or the state, you pick up the tab of your prison stay, which I looked this up today in California. It cost about $106,000 a year for each prisoner, which, by the way, is absurd. But there you go. So not only do you get a year in prison, but you get a $106,000 fine attached to it to pay for your prison stay. Like, we're, we're going to have to start getting medieval on people's asses without actually physically harming them to send a message to a society that is so off its freaking rocker these days that you don't have a right to be out here. Like, I don't care that social media told you you're special. You ain't. I can only imagine what's being discussed here on the text line. So uh, I keep on calling the text line, the chat here on the YouTube page. Uh, so let's get in. Let's see what's going on there. I want to thank you all today for watching, for listening, for hanging out here. If you are on the podcast, I thank you. We are approaching a hundred thousand podcast downloads. So it's very, very exciting. I thank you all very, very much for that, uh, for doing that, for taking care of my sponsors across the board. Thank you so very, very much. And please do remember, as you go about what is a beautiful Tuesday here in the Bay Area, that sports don't build character, they reveal it. And like that, whew, he's gone. <laughs>